This is the Harvest Community Church Podcast with Pastor Michael Jones. And now let's join today's message, Already in Progress. Well, greetings again, everybody. Uh, Before we get into the Word of God today, I just feel led to pray. And so, if you would, join me in prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for your grace and your goodness today. We thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. And Father, right now, I pray for all those who are suffering with COVID. I pray for all those loved ones and family members who've had to suffer this year, those who have lost loved ones. Father, we pray that you would provide a cure. Father, we pray for this vaccination that has come out. Father, we pray that you would keep your hand on this nation and this world. Keep your hand on us, Father. Protect us. Father, provide for us. Father, pardon us from all of our sins. Father, give us the power of the Holy Spirit to live day by day by day. Father God, I pray for those who have been affected economically as well. I pray, Father, that you would rain down manna from heaven. Father, I pray that you would provide every need. Father, I pray that you would take away fear. Father, I pray that you would take away anxiety. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you would give us a confidence and a boldness and a faith and a trust in you during these times. Father God, I pray for those who don't know which way to go. I pray that you would give them guidance today. Father, I pray for family members who are at their wit's end. Father, I pray that you would give them peace today. Father God, we love you. Father, we pray for those who are suffering with this illness, who are fighting it. Father, we pray that you would cause every cell in their bodies to line up according to the way you have created them. Father, we love you today. Father, we ask that you would continue to reign today. Father God, I pray that you would provide us with faith and trust and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ today. Father, if there is someone under the sound of my voice that needs prayer, I pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would say their name. I pray that they would know that they are prayed for right now and that they are covered. Father, I pray that you would do exceedingly abundantly beyond anything that we could ask or think. And I pray that in Jesus' name, won't you agree with me by saying amen, amen, and amen. I just felt led to pray. Let's get right into the Word of God today. And I I promise not to preach too long. I just want to give us some principles of of what to do or, or, or what can we do to cross this racial divide that we're in. Our country is so divided. And so I'm going to read a passage of Scripture out of Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. It's a very familiar passage. I've preached on it before, but I just feel led to preach on it again. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, If any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, 
of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let everyone say, Amen. I want to talk for the next few moments on the subject, what will it take to cross the racial divide? What will it take to cross the racial divide? Men and women, we're more divided than we've ever been. Men and women, there is this, this, this suspicion that the races have uh, against one another. There is division in politics. There is division uh, in the world. There is division because of, of crime. There is division uh, in, in business. There is division in education. There is all kinds of div racial division. Uh, and there is a suspicion that we have with one another. I know that I've been affected by it. I've, I've used the, some terms that I, that, that I regret using. I remember right after the George Floyd incident, I used the term that I had white people fatigue. And, and that's not a, a, a good thing. Men and women, I'd like to talk a little bit about how the church can cross this racial divide. I'm not as concerned about those out in the world. They don't have the same resources that we have. And whenever you hear about crossing the racial divide, many times you hear uh, sermons from Ephesians chapter 2 where, where Paul tells the Ephesians that God has, has broken down and erased this dividing wall between Gentiles and Jews. That, that that is the illustration that is given how the gospel can break down these racial divides that we have with one another. And I think that that is very true. I think that Ephesians chapter 2 is a foundation for us that the gospel and the gospel alone tears down these racial divides, these walls that we have against one another. But I don't think that it goes far enough. I think that the gospel not only is a principle of, of Jesus Christ erasing that dividing wall, but I think we need to go a step further and say, because he has, de has destroyed that dividing wall, this is the way we're supposed to live. Because he has, has destroyed that dividing wall between the races, and he's using the illustration of Jews and, and Gentiles, because that wall is destroyed, this is how we are supposed to get along with one another. This is the next step. These are the principles and these are, are the virtues we're to have in the Christian life to see this as a reality. Because men and women, newsflash, there is as much division in the church as there is out in the world. And I'm going to say that again. There is as much racial division in the church 
as there is out in the world. And all of us believe in the same Jesus. We believe in the same Bible. We believe in the same gospel. We believe and, and many, in many cases attend the same church. But we have not gone far enough to cross this racial divide. So I believe that in Philippians chapter 2, there are four things that we need to be committed to. There are four things that God wants us to be committed to to see that racial divide uh, erased, to, to live out the dream that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. had, to, to say, we in the church, we know how to do this thing. We know how to see victory uh, over racial discrimination. We know how to see victory in bringing people together. And it is based on the love and the gospel of Jesus Christ. But these are the things that we need to be about. Point number one, we need to strive for unity. Notice what uh, uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2 say. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if there is any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Holy Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Men and women, Paul is asking the Philippians questions here with the word if. If. And, and if appears four times if there is any consolation in Christ, if there is any comfort of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if there is any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. What he's saying here is this. He is asking the question that, that the Philippians already know the answers to. Yes, there is a consolation in Christ. Yes, there is comfort of His love. Yes, there is fellowship of the Spirit. Yes, there is affection and mercy. And then he says, if there is, then fulfill my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being of one accord, being of one mind. What he's saying is, if Jesus Christ is real, if His gospel is sufficient, if Jesus Christ makes a difference, then make my joy complete by being unified. Strive for unity. And amongst the races, and, 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 and me included, we need to be convic convicted of the sin of disunity in the body of Christ. We need not say it's a choice. We need not say, well, only if it's convenient. No. Disunity is sin in the body of Christ. When you shun a brother or a sister based on their skin color or their ethnicity, it is sin, it is unrighteousness, and it needs to be repented of. And Paul says that to the Philippians here. And I want to ask you a question. Have you been striving for unity? Have we been striving for unity? Have we put ourselves in a position to be unified with our brothers and sisters? Have we stood for them and with them? Have we had empathy and sympathy about what they are going through? Is there this unity that says, I feel what you feel and I serve the same Jesus that you do? Men and women, if not, then we are in sin. It's not just a, a, a choice or a matter of convenience. The Bible says, if there is any consolation in Christ, if there is any comfort of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if there is any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. 
And men and women, that is the mind of Jesus Christ. Point number two, not only striving for unity, but point number two is stop living selfishly. We're to strive for unity, but stop living selfishly. Men and women, we need to look out for the interests of others. Notice what verses 3 and 4 say. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. There is a sense in which we think that being selfish is okay. We think that that being self-centered is okay. We think that looking out for our own interests is okay. But the Scriptures admonish us to not just look out for our own interests, but also the interests of others. And men and women, that that, that requires us to get to know one another. Well, the Scripture says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. If I love you, if I want to be unified with you, then I'll stop living selfishly, looking and thinking and feeling only what I feel, but I'll also look out for the interests of others and be concerned about my brother and my sister. I have had to do that with some of my brothers and sisters who think different, differently than, than I do because we're of different ethnic backgrounds. But I love them anyhow. I've, I've had to endure some insensitive statements, but I've decided and made up my mind, that's my brother or that's my sister, and I'm going to love them anyhow. I, I have had to endure some statements that, 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 that are very offensive and hurtful, and the person did not even know that they were offensive and hurtful. But I've said I'm not going to break relationship with them because I've decided to love them anyhow to look out for their interests, the Lord will give me an opportunity to talk about it. And if He doesn't give me an opportunity to talk about it, I'm going to love them anyhow. And so men and women, I think that, that, that we've got to get to the point where there is mutual sacrifice, where we're laying down our own interests for our brother or our sister so that we can be unified in Jesus Christ. Point number three. Not only strive for unity, not only stop living selfishly, but how about stressing humility? Stressing humility. Notice what it says about Jesus. Verse 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. You see, Jesus humbled himself. Verse 5 says, let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Well, what attitude is, is Paul talking about? Paul is saying that Jesus did four things. Jesus, uh, first of all, sacrificed himself. Jesus, first of all, sacrificed himself. Jesus not only sacrificed himself, but he humbled himself. Jesus not only humbled himself, but he became a servant. And Jesus not only became a servant, but, but uh, he suffered as a servant to the point of death, even death on a cross. 
You see, he says, have this attitude in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on to say, uh, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. He sacrificed himself. He lived in heaven, left heaven to come down to earth. And, and, and men and women, that was a great sacrifice. See, he was co-equal with God the Father and co-equal with God the Spirit, but he humbled himself. He not only sacrificed himself, but he humbled himself and, and made himself of no reputation. And the Scripture says, taking the form of a bondservant. He sacrificed himself, he humbled himself, and then he became a servant. He became a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being in, found in the appearance of men, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He decided to suffer. Why did I share that? Listen, crossing the racial divide is not going to be easy. We've got to be committed to sacrifice the same way Jesus was. We've got to be committed to humbling ourselves the same way Jesus was. We've got to be committed to being a servant the same way Jesus was. We've got to be committed to suffering. It is not going to be easy to cross the racial divide. And I want to speak for a minute uh, for my, to my uh, African-American brothers and sisters. As I was having a conversation this week, the Lord convicted me that we need to be four things for our white brothers and sisters who don't know us well and don't know our culture well. We need to be four things for them. In many cases, we need to be their professor. What do I mean by that? They don't know about us. They're not going to know about us unless we educate them. We need to be their professor. Number two, we need to be their priest. Some of our white brothers and sisters feel so bad about what has happened with George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor, and they want to confess their, their feelings and their thoughts that were, they want someone to hear their confession. They want absolution. And men and women, if we love them, we will listen to them and we will say, I forgive you. We will say, it's all right. We will say, yes, you were wrong. Yes, but listen, but, but not only do we need to forgive them, a priest also gives the assignment of penance. Well, this is what you need to go and do. This is the book you need to read. This is what you need to study. This is what, what, what you need to view. This is where you need to go. This is what museum you do. This is, listen, we need to give them penance as well. Forgive them, but give them an assignment. This is how you get to know me better. This is how you get to know black culture better. So we need to be their professor. We need to be their priest. But we also need to be their prophet. We've got to be willing to say some hard things. We need to be able to speak the truth in love. We need to have relationships so deep with them that we can speak the truth in love and we won't break relationship. So we need to be their, uh, their uh, professor. We need to be their priest. We need to be uh, their prophet. But what about the person that doesn't want to hear? The person that doesn't want to be in relationship with you? The person that, that you can't cross the racial divide and it's too difficult and they've got their arms folded and you're not going to be able to have a conversation because they're stuck and you're stuck. Well, I think the last thing is we need to be their prayer warrior. We need to pray for them and we need to pray for ourselves that God would help us cross this racial divide. So men and women, we need to make sure that we're striving for unity. We need to make sure that we're stopped living selfishly. 
We need to make sure that we're stressing humility. But point number four is probably the most important point. Point number four is because of the Savior's sovereignty, we can't stop. Because of the Savior's sovereignty, we can't stop. Because of the Savior's sovereignty, we need to strive for unity. Because of the Savior's sovereignty, we need to stop living selfishly. Because of the Savior's sovereignty, we need to stress humility. Because verses 9 through 11 says, Therefore, therefore, therefore God has highly exalted Him and given Him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth, and those uh, under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is saying that because of Jesus' example. Because of Jesus' example of humility. Because of Jesus' example of bringing people together in unity. Because of Jesus' example of not living selfishly. Therefore, therefore God has highly exalted Him. And given Him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. And at the name of Jesus every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is our example of love. He is our example of breaking down barriers. He is our example of suffering for, for and, and, and seeing that there is redemptive value in our suffering for someone else. He is our great example of the gospel. And that is why, men and women, he told his disciples, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And so I'll close with a challenge. It could be that you don't have love, but you want love. It could be that you don't have the, the strength and the capacity to break down some of these racial divides, but, but you want to. I would bid you Jesus. You see, we need to have Jesus in our lives. We need to have Jesus in our lives to empower us. We need to have Jesus in our lives to motivate us. We need to have Jesus in our lives to carry us and to do, enable us to do those things that we cannot do on our own. I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray a prayer that I prayed years ago and I invited Jesus Christ into my life as my Savior and my Lord and He made a difference. My life was never the same. I didn't know all about Jesus. I didn't know all about the Bible. But because by faith I invited Him to come in, He started doing a work in my heart. Let's pray. Father God, if there is anyone under the sound of my voice that wants to love like Jesus loved and to live like Jesus lived and to break down barriers the way Jesus can break them down, I pray that they would simply pray, Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Now, Lord, I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Take control of the throne of my life and make me the kind of person you want me to be. Father, I believe in you. Father, I trust you. Father, I put all of my confidence and my faith in you and what Jesus Christ has done. In Jesus' name, 
Won't you say amen? Amen and amen. The last challenge. Strive for unity. No longer act selfishly. And seek humility. Men and women all under the Savior's sovereignty. God bless you.